Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! I can't hear you! Aye, aye, Captain! Oh! Shit! Bitch! Welcome back to the season three finale of another successful podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Mattis, coming at you from Las Vegas. And today, my guest, we have The Moon is Lonely. So, Moon, if you could introduce yourself with your username, a fun fact about yourself, and why you are currently single. Oh, uh, my username is uh, The Moon is Lonely. A fun fact about myself is that I used to be a cellist, and I am currently single because I don't get out enough. Hmm. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Well, how, how, when you did cello, like, were you in, like, an orchestra? I'm sure it wasn't just you doing cello by your... <laughs> Maybe that's a thing. I don't really know much about the orchestra world, but were you in, like, an orchestra, or...? Yeah, I was in the orchestra. I, I was, um, you know, I was at some point like the second string, and then I got as I got, you know, higher up in the grades, I was uh, lower, ending up lower on the depth chart. So there's a reason why yeah. I, I was former. But yeah, it was a it was a school thing. Did it just to do it, and then the, you know, dropped it after a little bit. Kind of miss well, it though. I talked about it. I I can't even remember who I've done too many of these interviews, but I was talking with someone about. Uh, doing band and uh like orchestra and musical things in high school and like i wish that i did that because nothing like i played football in high school but like you don't just throw on pads and like play football anymore i don't really have anything transferable so i wish i did something musical with like like i could actually use my musical talents back then or today oh yeah but it's like it's always something that will stick with you for the rest of your life because you know it, it, even if you have like the slightest musical incl- inclination it's it's just something that, you know, you just get the urge to like, oh, I just want to pick up the cello again. Or like, I kind of miss it. Even if you weren't like the best at it, just that yeah. that experience will just stick with you. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, I love, I feel like no one hates music, right? Like people like listen to music. And I love listening to music too. I just have zero musical talent in my body. So like, it would have been I, cool to like actually like to, try and like, or what's that? I would like to disagree on your musical talent. Madisfaction was a banger. So, yeah, <laughs> I did make satisfaction. I want to. I want to reiterate. I tell people this: like DJing takes almost zero music. It does take talent for sure, but like it's a whole different thing than actually sitting down and composing work. But yeah, listen to Satisfaction now on uh, my SoundCloud, and uh, I, I don't actually have any other streaming platforms. You guys can find it. <laughs> it's gonna be on Spotify soon. <laughs> yeah, coming up on Spotify with this podcast. Um. Okay, let's move into overrated, underrated. So, my first topic today, uh, generally, I've kind of tried in the past to stay away from, like, free talk cultural things, so I feel like it dates the podcast a little bit, but I've, I'm just kind of curious because I feel like this one is just so, like, one of the most divisive things that the sub talks about. So, overrated, underrated, Jeff. Jeff. I would say underrated. Underrated, okay. I think it's one of the funniest things. It's just, like, this this one name, one word, just Jeff. It's 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 absurd, but it just it just like exemplifies as to what the community is about. It's just like the most absurd things are like catching on, like come come like these recurring jokes. So it's like you know like show hog or the quattro sausage. You know, it's just one of those things that just exemplifies what the community really is about. I think like I can't remember way back because it's been so many times that's been brought back as one vote. So I can't remember the very first time that Jeff was suggested. Honestly, I feel like I probably voted for it because I get the I, I like the underlying joke that like, oh, it's it's just Jeff. Like, it's just a name. It's funny. Like, like I probably voted for it back then. Um, but then the community just got really attached to that name as opposed to the other ones, the cycle. And I, I think it definitely is one that's come back more than any other thing. And I I don't know. I kind of grew to hate it. I'm kind of on the overrated side of it. I understand <laughs> like 
I'm not on like the there are some people that come out and like like are trying to actually like ruin other people's enjoyment of something and like I'm never gonna do that. Um, like at the end of the day, it's the name of the like I don't even think about the name of the thread honestly. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I, it's I think it's just a very limiting joke because it's just literally the word Jeff and like we we found ways to keep it going and keep it running, but. I know people also know the current thread name that everyone hates. I I suggested so you guys are for the Jeff haters. You're welcome for the Jeff truthers. Uh, sorry, and for everyone, I'm sorry because it's a terrible thread name. But <laughs> there you go. I really liked the things that I think Shroom would do. It's be like praise be to Jeff, all hail Jeff, and it's like the sh- Jeff of the day is Jeff Gordon mm-hmm. or something like that. I really yeah. like those. Those are hilarious. Yeah, like sh- that's what I'm saying. Like all of all the thread names, Shroom for whatever reason decided Jeff out of everything to just like like attach himself to and, and keep, <laughs> keep it going, which is completely okay. I just I don't know. I I just wasn't expecting when we first when I first voted for I was like yeah haha that's funny. I wasn't expecting how much the the community <laughs> like leached or like like attached themselves onto it. But cool. What is your first overrated underrated topic? So mine's also gonna be very divisive and and. Uh very controversial not just in the thread sense of the thread but in general and i'm gonna say cheese i think it's supremely overrated but i have to state my bias because i am also violently lactose intolerant okay can i ask like like do you eat cheese yourself or like like yes yes i do smaller quantities or like how oh i I still go balls to the wall dude the lactose intolerant mantra is that you just do it anyway so but, okay, I get that, but if you if you think that cheese is overrated and it's actually like making you shit, like why why would you go balls to walls with it? Because you can't. It's hard to avoid. It's there's like cheese in almost everything, and at some point, it's just like this doesn't do anything for me. But at the mm. same time, you're just like it's in everything, man. So you just gotta eat. You're, it's hard to like avoid it all, like completely avoid it. Like you're gonna find cheese in something at some point. Trying to decide how I feel about this because. I there have been a couple times that people have come on this podcast and have we've talked about foods, but like specific when you get down to ingredients, which I guess if you could classify cheese as an ingredient here, like I I do enjoy cheese. Like I think very few people don't enjoy cheese at all, and like you said, it's in, in everything. But that's where I'm starting to that's where I can start to see overrated because when it's in everything, like if you go to a lot of like like actual fine dining restaurants, a lot of them yes they'll use cheese, but it's like you know upper level cheese, and they won't just like like coated and stuff i think so many oh, people yeah. use cheese as like a crutch uh similar like i talked on garlic last season with fisas where um like i i love garlic like it's great it's just like it's such an overpowering thing i think cheese is in the same like kind of category there but i mean damn it's also just cheese like it's hard to say that cheese is an overrated thing uh i would love to go properly rated on this but because uh i'm not gonna <laughs> take the easy way out I think I will all agree with you on going overrated on cheese, but it's very slight, very slightly overrated in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's this Korean restaurant I go to sometimes, and they they would add like this cheese on top of the um, short ribs or whatever. I remember mm-hmm. just having to like, there's like this it, meme of this like little girl like it's like different panels and she's just getting farther and farther away from the camera, pulling on mozzarella stick. That's exactly what I feel like when I eat that thing. It's just it's just so much cheese. Yeah, because that's the thing. I think so many people take cheese too far. Where it's like, I do like mozzarella sticks. Absolutely, don't get me wrong. Um, and like, like quesadillas. But like, when when you're eating something that is more cheese than actual food, like, why don't you just eat cheese at that point? Yeah, like, yeah. It's hard because like, I love, I, I I do enjoy cheese, and like, I I do eat things like that. I do eat a shit ton of cheese just in my regular diet, which is probably to an unhealthy degree. And it's hard because it is like 
even though it is a is a crutch for like cooking, if you take out the technical, like trying to be a snob about it, like it is mm -hmm. good. Like it's, I, I understand why people use cheese so much. So it's hard for me to go overrated, but I get the, what I truly think about it. It probably is. The way I see it is that I don't I don't really like the aspect that like cheese or food is becoming ve uh, a vehicle for cheese. Cheese should be more of like a supplement or like you know a complement to it, not just like a the main feature of a dish that has to be delivered onto like. Yeah, like exactly. a short rib. Exactly. It's like a it's a role player. Like people are trying to make it the star and I don't really yeah, that Exactly. Um okay, so similar on uh, on food. Um and especially I I don't want to say poor people food because like, GG's is necessarily a poor people food, but this next one's a poor people poor, poor person food. Uh how do you feel about instant ramen? Overrated or underrated? Underrated. Underrated. Okay, cool. We're going to agree on this one. But why why do you say underrated? There's just People, when people think instant ramen, there's just like mar there's people think of like the maruchan or cup noodle and stuff like that. The packs you can get for twenty cents of, at like Walmart or whatever. But in reality, there's just like so much out there and so so many different varieties of instant ramen out there. There's like shin ramen off the top of my head, indomie, and all all that fun stuff. Like it, if you ch if people have tried those, it's like a total game changer. And I understand that instant ramen is like one of the worst foods for you. If like that's just pure salt and like empty calories, but those things are just like great if it's like you know if you if it's late at night you're drunk or you're you know you're feeding some food you put you get some uh, shim ramen dude it's fantastic amazing much better yeah. than my Richon. This is another one that I, I get into it with people because I'm like uh like on the thread like oh what should I eat tonight and I list off options I always include instant ramen people are like why would you ever like like I don't understand that like I didn't think. I think it is one of those very divisive things where I've, I've known people that just absolutely love instant ramen, the people that just absolutely hate it. But I feel like I've run into enough people that hate it that I've got to say, like, way underrated. Especially because, like, it's like like 20 cents for a pack. Like, you really yeah. get much cheaper food than this. For the value it provides for 20 cents, that's unbeatable. And it's just like, you can also get, like, different flavors, too. Even if it's, like, you know, beef, chicken, pork, whatever... 20, that much flavor of 20 cents is not bad at all. Mm -hmm. This has been my topic, but it's the same sort of argument I use for like Little Caesars, where I'm like, how are you going to complain about like paying essentially nothing for this much food? Like the, the value provided there is, is insane. That's why I've always said that Little Caesars is like one of the best fast food chains because like they know what they are. They know they're cheap pizza. And that's, that's something that I'll never like hold against them because cheap pizza is always going to be you know, something that's going to be necessary. People just want pizza. Yeah, and I'm glad they lean into it. I mean, that's it's really honestly a good marketing case of like, yeah, this is this is something people need. People need a go to to get cheap pizza. Not everyone wants to get like, not even fancy, but like you know, upper end pizza all the time. You know, if I'm going to the high school fucking pizza party, like you're gonna need to feed yeah. a huge group of people. Little Caesars is amazing for that. So I think I'm again not my topic, but I would say Little Caesars is underrated for the exact same reasons. Yeah, same Auburn. same here. I'm not willing to pay like twenty five bucks or like even like. I seen plus go up to fifty bucks for a pizza, all the time. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I can't imagine that. So for my next topic, this is gonna especially hurt you. I'm sorry, Mattis, I love you, but I had to do it, especially in your lighting episode with, with uh, J Tuck. I would have to say Texas, entire <laughs> state of Texas itself, and I, as a proud Californian, I'm gonna have to say massively overrated. 
<laughs> okay, <laughs> you know what? That's that's fair. I I, I, didn't, I didn't even when I was scheduling guests this season, I didn't even remember that I called out the entire state of California last time. So I mean, that's I, I should have expected in this and seen it. Coming. Um. I don't know. Texas is another one. We're picking ones that are very divisive because there's I growing up in Texas, there are the people in Texas that are like just absolute like insane people that are like almost cult like like this is the greatest place in the world. Like I can't imagine getting anywhere else. And like the you know, religiously shop at H E B and like Yeah. Like Dr. Pepper drinking, you know, going back to VSAS, like we everyone like there's such a cult like following around Texas, Dr. Pepper, but especially in Texas people are like, oh yeah, this is from Texas, and it becomes like a part of their identity, and I never felt that way about Texas. Um, especially, I, I don't mean to call out Texas A&M specifically, but like, I've known people that go to like Texas A&M, oh, and okay, fine, Texas Tech to an extent, these colleges that they're like, oh yeah, this is the greatest place in the world, and like, you have to, like, you've got to wake up a little bit and realize that you're in a shithole college town, you know? Like, I, I Because of that, I know it, it's, I, I think that people then do get on to like, hate Texas a little too much i think you know i, I don't mean to I, I always try to keep it light on this podcast but it really pissed me off uh when there was the snowstorm a couple years ago that was uh like just devastating I've, I've known people that were affected by that and people were like oh yeah but there's stupid texans all like rednecks and that really did piss me off a little bit like i, I there are parts about texas that i really do miss um and it's not like it's not a shithole state as like people try to make it out to be i don't think there are i'll joke around a lot but i don't think like every state has their redeeming quality so i don't hate texas oh man it's really tough (laughs) this actually is a really good one because it's so divisive (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with underrated because i do think there's so many people out there that like there are the people in texas that like really cling to texas but that's such as it's only the people in texas everyone outside of texas i feel like just hates it so for that reason I, i'm going underrated i totally understand how you feel about that because mm-hmm. that's what people feel about california too it's like those guys those dang californians are out there doing whatever and stuff like that because you know they people pick on us a lot but there's also a reason why people come here a lot yeah yeah, I mean, that's true. So, I mean, I what I talked about in the JTUC episode is, like, in Nevada, everyone always just hates on California. I mean, Texas, too. I mean, there's always just going to be the Texas-California rivalry. Oh, and, yeah. by the way, Whataburger blows in and out out of the fucking water. Oh, but, yeah. but, I, I can't say anything because I never had Whataburger, but that's, that's, that's fighting words, Mattis. Those fighting yeah. words. Yeah. I don't know. So, I've, I've held polls before about the Whataburger in and out thing, and it's just, like, it, Whataburger just gets swept every single time because there's too many Californians in the thread. <laughs> so I'm going back to my, you almost had me have a moment of realization where I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't pick on California too much. We're all like alike, but no, fuck you guys. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and that's what, that's what the rivalry is all about. We hate each other. Yeah. And, yeah, that's how it's always been. Exactly. We need rivalries. It's not a terrible thing. It's like the Saints and Falcons. We hate each other because we hate each other. No, yeah. no real reason to it. Yeah, exactly. The NFL would suck if people didn't hate each other. We need we need more hating each other. That's the uh, main exactly. takeaway. This is the season finale of season three on the podcast. If there's anything that you guys have learned, it's that we need to hate each other more. Is that's the message I'm trying to put <laughs> out into the world. <laughs> um, cool. So from my last overrated underrated, um, I have Harry Potter, both the the movies, the books, just the entire Harry Potter uh, universe. I guess would you say that's overrated or underrated? I would say overrated. Um, I I haven't read the books, but I have like I have like played the games so and I have a general knowledge of the whole thing. But also, especially in light of like what what J.K. Rowling's been doing and stuff like that, damaging the trans community, 
And for and the amount of clout she's gotten for that is just like so damaging. It's like for a franchise that's like that. It's like is it even all? Is it's not even that worth it to just like defend that franchise to the end and all that. I understand it's like entertaining. I think I think the I think the universe is cool and all that, but like it's not like something that's worth. At first, I don't see something something worth to like make your entire identity about. And especially now, because like you're putting money into the pockets of like. One of, the, one of the, like the forerunners of of eroding trans rights, and I think that's just like it's it's just mad. It's like overrated because people just don't um, really, and uh, they don't really they really make make a habit of like just like turning into identities. Like it's really not that deep. <laughs> I'm gonna be one hundred percent completely honest with you. I completely forgot about the whole like the the new game that came out. All the 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 shit with J.K. Rowling and the trans shit. When I when I brought this up, I was just seeing Harry Potter in general. Um, so I'm very glad that my side already was overrated, so I don't have to go in and, and talk my way out of that. But I do agree with you. Obviously, uh, if you've listened to this podcast, you know uh, we're very, very much a trans rights or human rights type of podcast out here. Um, but even, I don't know, beyond that, when my original point with Harry Potter is I've just known so many people that... Um, I think in in the same sense as like I talked last season about Star Wars and Lord of the Rings that like read these books and um like it like you said it becomes part of their identity and I I told you guys um or you guys might have known I went to London a couple months ago and I I didn't even realize how many people would go to like a foreign country literally just for Harry Potter you know <laughs> like, like I feel like there's yeah. so much there's so much history in London there's so much really cool shit that I was seeing. And there was still, like, like you saw Harry Potter stuff all, everywhere you went. And I'd, if you enjoy Harry Potter, like, I'm not trying to say that it's a bad series. And it, it's done a lot for, like, I don't know, kids that first got into reading and, like, really connected with the story. That's not a bad thing at all. But, like, if you're just fucking traveling across the world to see, like, Harry Potter sites, I, I feel like there, that's to some degree we got to say, like, all right, we got to chill out a little bit here, guys. Uh, and I've known so many people that are, like, the, the Harry Potter, like... I don't want to say mega nerds. I'll find a nicer way to say it. Um, you can say mega nerds. Mega nerds. Okay, yeah. Harry Potter <laughs> mega nerds that I, I love. They're great people. But I just, I can never, I've never understood obsessing over a piece of media like that. So I'm going to have to say overrated. Yeah, I, I, don't get me wrong. I, I, I personally think the Harry Potter universe is cool and stuff too. Like I, I, I definitely, you know, played the games. And like I said, I have general knowledge of the whole thing. But it's just like, it's, it's not cool enough to the point where it's like, you know, it's like worth all that, like going to London and just being like, oh, this is the platform, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, again, I did read the books. They're not bad books. And like, if you like it, I'm not trying to, to, to shit on what you what you like. But I just, yeah, I'm, I've just got to be overrated with the amount of hype that I get. <laughs> yeah. So I think you have one more, one more topic. I do. And this one might tickle some other people. And I understand it's like more of like a recent development, but... I'm gonna have to go with the word mid. Oh man, I really I don't know which way you're leaning on this, but I strongly despise the word mid. I, I, I also, way overrated. I, okay, I, cool. Get I it. also aligned that because it just lost its meaning. Well, like yeah, I think originally it was supposed to be like literally what the name entails is mid. Like oh, it's okay. Versus like now, I think people use it as an insult to be like oh yeah, it's bad. Like I feel like people use it to mean bad more often. Yeah, than Yeah, that's exactly what it's. It's been co-opted to be basically mean it's bad and it's like it's like no mid it's just it's okay it's average it's like it's like the mcdonald's of whatever mm-hmm. it's serviceable I it's think like there's a degree to which like i i love um 
I try not to. I have. To, I walk a fine line here because it makes me come across as an asshole. But like, I am, you know, doing improv and trying to make it in comedy, and it makes me mad. I think sometimes where there's this jokes like this and others different. And not that mid is a joke, but like if you incorporate the word mid into anything you say, people are like automatically like this is a funny thing. And I'm not <laughs> trying to take that away from people. Like, like if you want to, if you if you're that kind of person that you think mid is funny, like like whatever. But like it just is such a low hanging like lazy kind of way to get laughs. I think that I I don't don't love it. I won't say that I've never made those jokes before, but <laughs> like as a widespread like that being, I don't know. All the lazy humor type of stuff just kind of does get to me a little bit. And again, yeah. I'm, I'm saying full disclosure. I know it makes me come across as a massive asshole, but that's I uh, was three seasons in and you guys are still listening, so fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I want the stance where it's just like. You know, mid, being average is not necessarily like as big of an insult as people think it is. It's the it's the it's the Andy Dalton of whatever. Yeah, and Andy yeah. Dalton is still a serviceable quarterback. Yeah, I think we need to get rid of mid and just go back to saying Dalton line for things. This is a very <laughs> Dalton, very Dalton line thing. Oh, we gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta find someone new because Dalton, as of recently, is not exactly the most average yeah. quarterback there is. Yeah, we gotta make it culturally relevant. <laughs> So that's it for overrated, underrated. Uh, Moon, do you have your your soapbox prepared? You can again. I'm sure you guys know the the podcast by we're this is the fifteenth episode, but this is Moon's time to talk about whatever the hell he wants. All right. So I wanted to talk about AI and how dangerous it's going to become in the next few years or even months, even with the rates progressing at. Um, you you definitely seen those videos where it's like Donald Trump, um, Obama, and Joe Biden just like talking around and like. Like shit posting and stuff like that, right? Yeah, I definitely have. Yeah, it's like it's those are in good fun and all, and I definitely enjoyed those videos. But it's like it's also like a precursor as to like what the lethal implications behind it are. Like you're already seeing a lot of that stuff with like deep fakes and like those voice things a lot. People are already finding ways to like use that for malicious gains, and it's just like it's such a dangerous um, path to go down because he, I, I'm not sure if you know this, but like you know like Pokimane, like, yeah. They yeah. they would like they would like put her face on like like n- explicit content and she had to like address it and be like don't be doing this guys please don't do this and then and then you know it's just like it just caused like so many like like women in that in online spaces to be uncomfortable because people would just be doing that for no reason and I think that's so damaging and it's so uh dis- dismeaning and disrespectful and and it's it's honestly constitutes very much as like harassment sexual harassment yeah absolutely i tend to agree with you so i first of all like you're saying with the deep fakes and especially deep fake porn and things like that like that is sexual harassment that is beyond like any i don't know how you can defend that from a moral perspective and like you said like i've seen the the memes of like uh fucking joe biden reading the vaporian copy pasta and like i laugh at it like it is really funny but like it is really scary that they think like People can use this for ways that 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 aren't bad. And right now, um, obviously, I think the face of it right now is chatbot GPT. And right now, you have that it's it's built in to filter out inappropriate requests and things like that. But like, I feel like it's not going to be long before that's a, such an easy thing to get around, and it, it's going to be an easy thing to create, like you said, explicit content or things for for blackmail and all all this shit. That's just really, really, honestly, kind of scary. Um, and a whole another side of that. So I work in I work in marketing because I'm a dumbass. But I have a brother right now that's uh, studying computer science. That he was telling me like, look, there's you can write 
where the AI is already to the point where like it can write code that's really doing what I I can do, and you don't have to pay it, you know. So it's really gonna be. I mean, it's going to be very damaging because I think a lot of people are going to lose lose jobs and things like that. You could argue, you know, if we lived in a society that was a little less capitalistic, then that would be kind of a good thing because it's like, hey, let's work for us. But, I mean, the reality of the world we live in right now is that it is, uh, you know, uh, uh, people do depend on jobs and depend on wages to stay alive. So that's honestly really terrifying for me. Right now, working in marketing, I, I don't feel like I'm in danger yet. But, like we still are in the early days of AI and it's going to keep developing. So it is, it's a little scary to think about the implications of that when you really start sitting down and thinking. Oh, absolutely. And he also just to like, to, in, in, in uh, related to this, it's like also inf- misinformation. Like, I, I yeah. don't know if you go, if you're on Twitter or not at all, but there's like this, these like images of like, you know, like for example, Donald Trump, like being arrested, like being dragged out by cops. And I was like, Oh, what the hell does this really happen? No, it's AI generated. And it's like it's if if like someone as tech literate as I am can get fooled by this, I can't imagine how like people who aren't as tech literate can well like what the effects of this will be on them. And and it's just so it's very it's a very bad sign as to what's to come. Yeah, it's like I, I'm not a very tech literate person, but if you AI is getting to the point where it's going to be easy to you know, have shit do my lit, my bidding without having to actually learn how to become tech, chat, or, uh, tech literate. I can, can't say that straight. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I can look up, like, it'd be so easy to, like, like, I, I don't know. I think I'm a decent guy. I don't I don't really know what you guys think. But, like, there's a lot of dumbasses that shouldn't have the ability to, to do that, you know, because yeah. you can do some legitimately dangerous stuff with that. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a weapon waiting. It's like a ticking time bomb, to, mm-hmm. to uh, put it you know, in this, in that fashion, like it's just it. I don't, I don't think that people can be trusted with something like this. Is is basically yeah. what's the down and dirty to it? Well, and I mean, I'm, we're talking in a like you know, a scary way, but I mean, in an, in an even more literal way, you could look up like, hey, how do I how do I make C four? You know, <laughs> like like yeah. oh, how do I get this ingredient? How do I? And right now, it's able to filter that out, but like that's not the future we're headed towards. Uh, I mean, oh, absolutely. But like, yeah, it'd be, it's going to be something that's very easy to do. So, I mean, it can get really bad really fast. And especially with, I think, the, the culture of the world right now anyway, and a lot of the, um, I don't know, a lot of right-wing kind of propaganda. And I mean, just propaganda in general that's putting out a lot of, like, hateful rhetoric. I, I don't know. I think there already are cases of hateful rhetoric leading to a lot of violent attacks. And now this kind of puts more you know, into those people's arsenals of yeah. how they can do even more damage. So it is very, I mean, it's terrifying. I don't know what to do about it, but it's its something that's very terrifying. I absolutely agree. And, you know, even if it's like not, it's not as um, not urgent as I, as the as a topic of uh, misinformation and uh, weaponizing this as, but also AI art. It's, mm. I, I think AI art is like a, is like a living contradiction. Because art to me is just like about how expression of the human of the human nature and element and soul. And if you remove the human from that equation, it's like, what's the point? You know? Yeah, absolutely. I think um. So th- this same exact brother, he's I honestly I always say I should tell more stories about him. He's kind of kind of a stereotypical, you know, like 
is obsessed with the stock market and like reads a bunch of billionaire autobiographies and thinks it's gonna be the next big thing <laughs> one of his capitalist ventures right now is and apparently he's not the only one that's doing this but it's so easy to generate ai art and then sell it on like like t-shirts or or just merchandise in general and, and sell it and the ai i don't know if I, I again my understanding is very limited but i do know that it's kind of based off of other people's art and that's what it studies and that's how it trains and learns to create art in general so it's kind of screwing over the people that like are actually legitimate artists trying to make it out there and, and legitimate graphic designers trying to make things uh, like you said, like human art, you know, it puts them at a disadvantage as well. So I, yeah, I think there's a lot of moral dilemmas that come up with AI that I don't, honestly, I don't think are even dilemmas. There's just a lot of very it's just, it's, no, things we can do with it. People, there's people going to be on the side of like, if people who lack understanding in tax, like for example, earlier with uh, my deepfake example, people are like, oh, you, well, you have those those pictures out there, you can totally use them. It's like, no, you don't understand the, you don't understand the concept of uh, consent. That's that's just straight up sexual harassment. You can't be doing that, and it just it just reveals like how little understanding people have of like morals and what's okay and what's acceptable and what you can do and what's not. And you know, with AI art. And within the eradication of its soul and original purpose, and I, I honestly think that you know, it's gonna it's gonna touch into music soon, and it's also gonna sound all robotic and no soul, and like for example, no matter what you do, there is no way in hell you can get an AI to put to spit out satisfaction, the fire track that it is. You can't you can't get an AI to do that. Yeah, it did. It it was so artist artful that when I made it, like there's no way that anyone could replicate that. It was me exactly. directly from directly from my soul. <laughs> so I don't see how that could happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Especially like I've I've seen like they have now uh, AI versus doing like like either dead artists or like Kanye West people that like people don't want to listen to anymore because of uh, obviously like moral reasons things that are going on with Kanye. And it just creates all these moral things that, like, right now, I, I don't mean to sound, like, way too overly pessimistic, but I don't trust, you know, a lot of people to make these kinds of moral decisions. And not on an individual level. I mean, like, as a society, you know, there's, unfortunately, there's just people out there that are going to do dumb shit with it, so. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And as a last point, you've all seen Terminator. We all know what happens when AI gets too sentient. Mm -hmm. So we should probably be mindful of that and make sure we don't do we don't get too crazy with this. With that being said, I also understand there's definitely positive sides to AI. Just it's just that I I really want to make sure that it's in the right hands and not being used for anything bad. Right. Yeah, I understand that there are positive uses, and I I think the intention behind it is not um, negative. It's just hard to figure out how we're gonna like how are we gonna know when to stop and when when we've gone too far. Um, and I say we, like, I'm not, like, I, I don't get to make that decision. So I mean, the people who are yeah. actually developing this, how are they going to know when to stop? Which is scary. Absolutely. So that's it for the soapbox. We're going to move on to our draft segment. This one's a little more drafty than usual because we actually are doing a sort of sports themes draft for the first time fucking ever. So um, today we're going to be drafting backup quarterbacks. Which I always just think is is a really funny concept. Is like I don't know. I, like you always want to see who's the best of like the people that can't make it out. And I think so many of these people are like actually like legitimately some of the most talented people throwing footballs on earth. 
Um, but like they still just get treated like they're like memes, you know, just by by way of being the second best. So I I don't know. I just think it's really interesting. So we are going to be drafting backup quarterbacks today. As usual, the charity I'm going to be representing is Andrape on Campus, which is a wonderful charity that is dedicated to passing legislation to prevent sexual assault. Moon, what are you uh, representing today? Today I'll be representing the Trevor Project. Um, I think in light of you know the recent eroding of trans rights, this especially um, emphasized eroding of trans rights. Not to not to say that trans rights have already been eroding already. But especially in the last few weeks, you know, with all this controversy around, you know, like drag queens and all that, and all this weird bullshit nonsense, is that it's really important time to support our trans friends and you know our peers to make sure that they have all the support they need because they're gonna need it. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Remember, uh, I I always say this, but like if you're listening to a podcast. There's a high chance that you are a, you know, white male. <laughs> and if you're one of these people like me that are coming from a place of privilege, it's really important to remember that not everyone has the same kind of things that you do. And you need to speak up for people less fortunate than you. So, you know, the Trevor Project is one that's been popular. I, I think it's been picked on this podcast before. I've given to them before, even before this po- podcast. Wonderful charity. Can't recommend them enough. Uh, but I am going to win. So I just, I, you guys should donate money <laughs> in, like on your, on your own accord because I'm, I'm not giving $10 to the Trevor Project today. <laughs> we'll see about that. So, as usual, round one, pick one I'm going to give to my guest. So, Moon, any any backup quarterback in the league, who are you going with? Tyler Huntley, my first one. Okay. He's the only pro bowler backup quarterback we have. Actually, with the Lamar Jackson situation, as of, right, as of recording, he could actually be a starter. So, I don't know if he actually counts or not. No, I mean, I think, I, I know, I'm I had Tyler Huntley on my board, so I mean, I'm not going to act like I wasn't going right. to take him over if it was if it was possible. Um, yeah, it was crazy because I I went to the Pro Bowl this year, and I like it's 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 just kind of surreal seeing like I don't know like huge name quarterbacks out there throwing next to Tyler Huntley, which I don't know it's it's really really funny, but like I think he is kind of like I I think most people would expect him to go number one here. I don't know if if the number two pick is uh, two overall pick is as straightforward. I feel like there's a lot of different names in my mind. I feel like the person that's the most proven at this point is Jacoby Brissett. So I'm gonna go there. Ooh, that's a good pick. <laughs> I think uh, he did he did great in Deshaun Watson's absence, and I, uh, I you know obviously fucked Deshaun Watson, so it was good to see. But um, I I don't know. I feel like he keeps putting getting put in situations to be like you know he's a backup, sure, but I feel like he's almost a journeyman at this point. Um, and he's hasn't been incredible, but he's done well with all these teams, especially when you see without him, like, like uh, the fucking, uh, this was a while back, but the Colts, and as soon as the Colts dropped Jacoby Brissett, and the, the fucking nightmare that they've been in, like, I think he's, obviously, you know, he's not a starting quarterback, but I think he's uh, about as high tier as a backup as you can get. I, that's a really good pick, man. I, he he was about to be my, uh, my next pick if, it was, if uh, he hadn't picked him already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he He's he's the quintessential like journeyman quarterback. He's like this generation's uh, is it Josh McCown? Josh McCown. Yeah, I you think know. it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be really funny because I think the first couple like we we have an idea of who the best best quarterbacks or backups are right now. But where it really gets down to it, like once we get farther down in this draft, like <laughs> like how do we know between these guys that we haven't seen as much about? I'm really interested to see that. <laughs> Absolutely. So for my next pick. I'm going to have to go with the most legendary man in Jacksonville history who's going to bang all of our moms, Gardner Minshew. 
Yeah, good pick. Good pick. I definitely would have had him next up. So, <laughs> I, 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 he, when I, when he said he, I, I'm one of the people who think he's like a starting, like low end starter quality. And, you know, seeing what he's done in Jacksonville, you know, he, he, he doesn't have the best arm and all of that, but he does have the resiliency. You know, he has that, he does have a dynamic factor to him. And even though he's been replaced and all that, he's obviously a backer for a reason now. He's still a very top tier court backup who can, you know, definitely, you know, carry a team if he needs to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, one of my favorite games ever was, uh, there was the first game of the season all that time ago that he, uh, or sorry, last season when Jacksonville went, had the uh, first of all, or sorry, a couple years ago, they took uh, Trevor Lawrence first overall. And it was Gardner Minshew's team that year. In the first week of the season, he had, uh, shit, I can't remember if it was a 100% completion rating. I'm pretty sure it was. And it's just an absolute amazing game. I feel like people give him so much shit, and he's really just been put in bad situations over and over again. Um, but I don't know. Like you said, like you can, you, can, you can say objectively, sure, his arm talent isn't the greatest out there. But really, like in the NFL, at least from my perspective, what I care about is results, and he's proven himself to, to get results. And... I'm a little biased because he is a leech guy and is from the air raid system, which I just absolutely love being oh, a fan yeah. of. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I, I love Gardner Minshew. One of the plays that, like, that's, like, just guard, that just says Gardner Minshew to me, and it's, like, that's what I knew he was, like, a really good quarterback. Is like, I think it was against the Broncos one time. <laughs> no offense, Mattis. Yeah. And he was, uh, he was, uh, it was a game in Jacksonville, and he, he was, he was trying to get a touchdown, and he was getting, like, collapsed in the pocket and all that. He rolled out. And he just like flung it perfectly to a receiver in the end zone, and I was like, "Oh my god, this guy's got something special to him." Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he's just such a like likable guy off the field. Too. Uh, that, <laughs> that that too, his his mustache, best mustache in the whole league, pound for pound. Yeah, I think there's gonna be a lot of guys. That, well, I actually don't know, but on this list of, of when I did the drafts in season one with Gorving for the most attractive quarterbacks, he was on that list. So good, good <laughs> for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for my number. Two, I'm gonna take. Um, technically, it's 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 kind of I don't know. It's kind of cheating because I feel like he's not going to be a backup for very long uh, because I don't trust Desmond Ritter. But I am gonna go with Taylor Heineke right now as uh, my, my second pick. He's one that um, again is just very much you know the, the results that he gets. It's hard to argue against. I loved one of my favorite games. I I really I'm sorry. I just really don't like the Steelers. <laughs> you know, I game all that time ago. Uh, when with the commanders, or I, I can't remember if they were the Washington football team back then, that they took down the Steelers and no one saw it coming. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, that. Like, he's just got something to him. He can make good, I don't think he's consistent, but I've seen him make like incredible, you know, incredible decisions, incredible throws that are like starter level. I don't think he can do it on a consistent enough basis to be the starter, but he's definitely, uh, I think, in the top five backups, which is where we have him here in round two. He he's very definitely very resilient when it comes to like the mental side, and he's just got a lot of poise. I think that's that's a really big thing for him. Mm-hmm. And also, he's he I I've heard he's a very great locker room presence, and the guys love him. Yeah, which I think you need out of a backup at some point. Uh, I mean, absolutely, that's part of the job. Yeah, I, th- I think you know just having just keeping the locker room together and like having the guys around you. You know, even if you end up, you know, on that field, you know, if the guys love you, they're gonna play for you. And that's something that not every quarterback can have. <clears throat> Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, absolutely. Russell Wilson as well. Oh yeah, Russell Wilson. <laughs> but we'll see. Maybe Sean Payne can work his magic on him. Yeah. For my third pick, 
I am going to go with the red rifle, Andy Dalton. Okay. I, I, and this might be a bit of a hot one since, you know, I ha- I did have, unfortunately, was subjected to seeing him play uh, for the vast majority of last season. But at the same time, you know, he's a former, like, starting quarterback, you know, who was really, really good for a while. And I, and as as much as he sucked in New Orleans, you know, as a, as a backup quarterback, you know, he's one of the, one of the best you could have because consi- it's not only just like the play on the field. Like if since you know Carolina is in position to draft, draft a new quarterback, he's going to be a very valuable net mentor to that. And I think that sort of aspect's very underrated when it comes to backup quarterbacks and you know the mentorship deal and whatnot. I understand that like not every time it's not going to work out, work out every time, but in for example, like you know with uh, Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes, you know Patrick Mahomes talks about how Alex Smith really helped him out a lot. And I think, you know, Andy Dalton's going to be that person for, you know, like CJ Shroud or Bryce Young or whatever, assuming they get during that draft um, picks by then. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it seems it, it truly seems like we don't know these guys personally, obviously, but it seems like he doesn't have an ego, which is another thing that's just important for uh, backup. And I mean, I obviously clearly like I'm always going to have a soft spot for Andy Dalton because he does have red hair. He's a he's a real patient to. <laughs> To unathletic ginger white men like me, so good for him. Love Andy Dalton. Um, yeah, and I think yeah, like he he does have. Um, I would say I I don't know if this is true off the top of my head, but he, I would I would assume he has the most starting experience of any um, backup quarterback in the league right now. Oh which yeah, which is a value aspect, valuable aspect. So absolutely, I think he's he should be up there. For my third, there's a lot of this is where it gets a little bit gritty. This is where it's like there's there's some subjectivity yeah. to anyone else that I pick. I think going off of just the what we've seen and the results, I'll go with Cooper Rush for my three. Oh man, I was gonna pick him for my next yeah. draft or pick that fat pick. Oh man, that's a good one. Yeah, this is gonna be a cutthroat one too because I think it is like there's there's kind of a like sort of established old order of of what we think these quarterbacks are gonna go into. So it's gonna be a lot of jumping each other. But yeah, Cooper Rush um, again, another another one of my uh, my ginger homies <laughs> just um, got results. Now look, 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 look. Back in this season when um, there was the whole argument about, like, well, oh, man, he's winning and Dak wasn't. Like, should we start him over Dak? That's that's absurd. Like, he's not – like, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. But at the end of the day, what do you want out of a backup quarterback if not to to win when um, your starter goes down? And, I mean, that's what he's he's done. So I'm very happy with him at three. I, I One of the phrases that comes to my mind is that, you know, he can – he'll uh, – he can keep you – he can uh, keep a game safe for you, but – he can't win a game for you. And I think that's like the quintessential uh, backup quarterback mantra, right? Like you're not expecting them to go out there and make a, you know, like a, th- like a comeback from behind down three or down seven or whatever. But if you have a lead, like if you're up seven or up 10 or whatever, that person can keep you safe and, you know, get you get the ball in your hands long enough to you know bleed out the clock or score another three or seven. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For, this, for my next pick, this is where it starts to get really difficult, and I totally agree what you said about the Nitty Gritty. But I'm gonna have to go with Jameis Winston. Oh, okay. Saint bias aside, you know, uh, he does have a lot of upside to him still. Um, off off field issues aside, you know, I understand that he does have his fair share of off off field issues, but you know, he 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 can definitely be that guy who can just like come in and just. Fling that ball and drive it downfield. I understand he's a, um, you know, he's the only thirty for thirty quarterback out there in the league, and not in a good way. <laughs> but, 
But he, if if he gave him that confidence, you know, he let him, you let him, if you let him cook, you know, I I predict he can he can be really a really good asset on that field. Honestly, back in the day, uh, you bring up the thirty for thirty thing in, in a negative way. I think that people forget like the positives of that, and he did throw you know thirty touchdowns as well. And the people that people remember thirty for thirty, they don't remember he led the league in passing yards this year. Oh yeah, so, I mean, we're, we're talking about someone who has led the lead in passing yards before, and I'm a little bit of a Jameis Winston truther to be honest with you. In terms of I, I back in the day thought you know he should get more of a fair shake, he should get more opportunities, and it's been it's been tough these past couple of years with him. Um, having injury issues and I, I don't think unfortunately it's been so far removed from that i mean that's just the way that it goes is there's, there's more young faces entering the league and i don't know if there's a spot for him in the starting 32 right now but i absolutely think you know back in the day Jameis got a little too much hate um and i my Jameis winston story i always tell is um i was a very big marcus mariota truther when they were both in college uh and i watched that oregon fsu game where Jameis just laid an absolute like just turd all over everything um and i got i had my i was in the hospital i had an appendectomy that night that the rose bowl happened so i watched that game literally like two or three times because it finishes and they they throw the rerun and i was like in the hospital waiting to like go into surgery so i watched it so many times that i was like Jameis is just gonna be ass like there's no way that he's gonna come <laughs> in the league and be anything but i think truly watching him play um, obviously, yes, there's turnover issues. I think that if he hadn't been banged up as much and, you know, Tom Brady didn't, wasn't interested in Tampa Bay, you know, I think that there might have been um, a future for him at some point. But, yeah, I think that's a very good, honestly, that's, that's a very good value at number four. Yeah, and if he, like, it, the way I see it behind this pick is that, you know, it's a, that's, a, that's a starting, that's a start, that's a hot, uh, starting level quarterback right there. You know, it's the same thing as, uh, you know, Gardner Minshew, except, you know, we, we have seen what what uh, James Winston can be capable of, like lead, lead, league leader in passing yardage. And you have that sitting in the reins. <laughs> Who knows what the heck he can cook if you let him if if you uh, let him loose. But at the same yeah, time, you know, I understand that, you know, these days with the injury issues and whatnot, there's a reason why he's a backup these days. But I'm just saying, if it's there, it's there. It could be yeah. very much a steal. Yeah, he's shown his upside, which a lot of you can't save a lot of people on here. So I definitely, yeah, he's he's got he's got talent for sure. For my number four, it's kind of funny. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take Tyrod Taylor here. Damn it! Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, think, I figured. It's funny because, like, I actually I, I I say it in a little bit of a regretting sense because I think Tyrod is a little bit overrated in terms of. I've seen so many people like, oh yeah, he just. Uh, kind of got screwed over because he launched, you know, Josh Allen's career when he was with Buffalo and then Justin Herbert, and he kept backing up these people right before their breakout seasons. And then they're like, oh, so we've never really seen what he can do. I We've seen what he can do at this point. I think he's very solidly a backup. So I do think he's a little overrated. But that's just the nuanced side of it. We have seen what he can do, you know, the positives as well, and that he's um, done a great job in, in his limited service. Uh, like you kind of said earlier, um, I, I can't remember. I think it was for uh, Cooper Rush. Like, I don't expect Tyrod Taylor to lead any, like, crazy, like, fourth-quarter comeback fuckery, that kind of shit. But, like, he can keep you in games, and if you have a talent enough roster, I think you can win games with Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, absolutely. And you've seen, we've seen Tyrod Taylor all, all over the years, man. We can, we can see what he's capable of. And, yeah, I agree with you that he's not going to win you in the games, but he'll keep you in them for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So for my last pick, I'm going to pick, um, unfortunately, Vikings. Texans, 
uh, Commanders? I think he's on the Commanders. Browns and Broncos legend Case Keenum. Yep. Was that was that gonna be your next pick? I, I did have Case Keenum next to my next <laughs> pick. Um, yeah, we see we see what that man's capable of, and based off that season in Minnesota where he popped off and you know just went berserk. Uh, just having that that presence on the team is like uh, is very good, and like to, I I want to drop back onto my um my mentorship thing. You know, Case has been in the league for years now, and he'll definitely provide like a lot of valuable insight for tech for the future Texans quarterback, and which I'm pretty sure they'll be drafting this year. So I I think this is a very you know good pick for good last pick for a backup quarterback and he'll be you know a great presence to have in the locker room and as well on the field and holding a hopefully holding a clipboard on the sideline yeah i mean it's crazy to think about when you list all those teams he's been on and how much experience he has because i remember being in college too and he was just absolutely insane in college i mean he was he was an insanely good quarterback for houston back in the day um and like like you said, well, we we mentioned earlier with Andy Dalton probably having the most starting experience. Case Keenum probably, I would I would guess, has you know probably the second most out of most backup quarterbacks right now. Um, and he did have that incredible year. He's one of the most iconic uh, football moments of the past you know yeah. decade in the Minnesota Miracle, which I know is uh-huh. an absolutely tough moment for you, Moon. It's <laughs> yeah. tough for me. I was rooting for the Saints that year, but at the end of the game, it was like holy shit. I'm rooting for whatever that is because I got to watch that live. Yeah, unfortunately, I also witnessed that live, dude. I it's a lot of heartbreak. I'm sure, but I'm sure the the Vikings fans listening to this are going to disagree, and I don't blame them. Yeah, yeah I don't think he's going to buy a beer in Minnesota ever again in his life. <laughs> For my fifth, I mean, oh man, I'm kind of looking at my board right now, and I'm like, none of these guys are particularly appealing right now. Um, I'm going to take one that I know is going to get me a lot of hate because I know everyone's going to be like, that's kind of a homer opinion. But I'm going to go with Trevor Simeon. The semen demon? The semen demon. (laughs) I was kind of... I I didn't think I was going to be in a situation where, like... I was kind of hoping I wouldn't have to even think about taking him, but I just got jumped quite a few times. But (laughs) um, it's hard to put aside my my own bias, my subjectivity, because he's literally not even, like, one of my favorite backup quarterbacks of all times. He's one of my favorite Broncos of all time. Um, I think people look at the Brock Purdy story, and they're like, oh, this is a guy that was drafted... uh, you know, at the end of the draft, no one had any expectations for him, and then he led uh, his team to the playoffs. And like, no, like, no one ever thought that we'd see Brock Purdy on the field and actually like performing. Trevor Simeon, sure, he didn't have as hard of a path. I mean, he didn't have great quarterbacks in front of him because it was fucking Paxton Lynch and uh, Mark Sanchez there for a little bit. But he did outperform every single situ- expectation that he was in. A seventh round guy, he was ready to walk away from football. And I mean. He played behind just an absolute like shit offensive line in Denver and just got the the shit kicked out of him. But he kept playing it. I mean, he kept performing at a at a high level. Um, and obviously not anymore. He's he's not what he used to be. And I mean, I don't think he ever was. You know, Tom Brady. But he was someone that like gave everything he had to the Broncos. And I just I I'm not even kidding when I say he's one of my favorite Broncos of all time. Um. So when I put the emotional side of that aside, like he does have a lot of starting experience. He isn't someone that you want leading your team, but he is someone that I think um, of the people that's left on the board, I would feel comfortable with him if my my starter goes down. I totally understand your pick. You know, I I don't know if you remember this, but we we had the uh, the mutual having of Trevor Simeon as a quarterback thing yeah. to get together because in twenty twenty one, you know, after. 
uh, Jameis, and after Jason went down, we were left with the Seaman Demon. And, you know, I, obviously, my opinion of him isn't as uh, positive as yours. You know, I personally did not enjoy watching us get thrashed on primetime TV on Thanksgiving by the Buffalo Bills. But at the same time, you know, we can also attribute it to, you know, us not having any weapons and Champagne's weird allergic um, reaction to having good weapons on the team. That's a totally different story. But if, if you take all, if you take, um, you know, just the, the what you want, the, te- the core tenets of a backup quarterback, yeah, he's it. He's he's a he's a good backup quarterback. You know, he has what you need. He has the experience you need. He can. He has the skill to you know keep you in the game because we keep harping on over and over again. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he 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 well, might very likely be a great mentor for whoever you know is going to be in the same team with them. Yeah, I mean, I think even the fact that he has an argument for being picked um, with my fifth picks, the tenth best um, backup out there from where where he came from as a you know back of the draft. Is incredible. That's what I mean. Going back to the beginning of what, before we even started this segment, people don't realize how good these backups are. So it's really another incredible story that I feel like he doesn't get a lot of credit for because it's like, oh, he's Trevor Simeon and uh, his last name sounds like Seaman. <laughs> like, seriously, <laughs> I, I, lo- like, I love calling him a Seaman Demon. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad he played in New Orleans so we could be uh, Seaman Demon brothers together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah, we're Seaman Demons. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Reading off the draft board for everyone, Moon's team is Tyler Huntley, Garner Minshew, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, and Case Keenum. My team, I've got Jacoby Brissett, Tyler Heineke, Co- oh my goodness, Cooper Rush, I don't know what happened there, <laughs> Tyrod Taylor, and Trevor Simeon. Um, I'm going to be representing Endrape on campus as usual, and Moon is representing the Trevor Project, which you should donate to anyway. I mean, whether, whether or not I win or lose this draft, uh, especially right now. Um, so cool. Thank you guys all for listening to this season of another successful podcast. I say this every single year at the season finale where I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I'm doing another season or not. I think right now I'm really in like, okay, three seasons, this might be a stopping point. So I, I don't know if this is going to be the last time I I, uh, I see you guys. But if so, just the exact same thing I've been echoing that like I, I always have felt like, um, you know, I'm an entertaining guy. <laughs> I feel like I, I have um, in the free talk thread shown that like, I, I can legitimately make things that are funny and things that are engaging that people can engage with. And I've always wanted to have a platform um, and why I can try this out, like, for real. And like, seeing, like, okay, like, seriously, like, can, can, I, can I make it this far? And, I mean, if, if this is the end, if it's not, like, I definitely think that I can't thank you guys enough for giving my podcast a chance and listening to me ramble for an hour. I, I'm going to be honest, and, and it's hard for me to imagine in the reverse case where someone posts um, their podcast to our subreddit one day that I would give it as much of a chance as you guys have given me. Um, so I, I literally can't thank you guys enough for, for giving me a shot and for, especially I always talk about the, the people on season one that applied to be on my podcast when they had no idea what it was going to be about, <laughs> like, and especially knowing my reputation online. Like, I have no I would not have been brave enough to do that. So you guys all supported me every step of the way, and I can't can't thank you guys enough. Um, Moon, I always ask before the end of the episode, is there anything you want to leave the thread with? Yeah, thanks for having me, uh, Mattis. And um, one thing I do want to tell the thread is that, uh, you know, take care, spike your hair, and transfer your human rights. Trans rights are human rights. Thank you guys all for listening. I guess you're gonna miss the panty ray. Push me. And then just touch me. Till I can get my satisfaction. 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 Satisfaction.
satisfaction.